This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. So let's open up and pray. Father, I come before you in the name of Jesus. I make it known, Lord God, that I do not trust in myself, but I trust in you, Spirit of God, to teach through me the Word of God. Let the vision go forth, I pray, in Jesus' name. And everybody that agrees, shout Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, welcome, as I said, to Vision Sunday. We do this twice a year in January and towards the end of July, August, sort of now, this time of the year. And it's so good because, hey, guess what? We've had more than 3,000 first-time visitors come to the church this year. Come on, give the Lord a praise for that, okay? And just short of 2,000 salvations for this year so far. So there are 5,000 people that are brand new that don't know what the church is all about. Come on, make them feel welcome in a CFC way. Come on, let's just give the Lord a mighty shout of praise. And we thank the Lord for that, that we can do that. The church is doing well. The church is growing. And that's what we're excited about. And what I believe is even more important is, is that we want to connect with you as our family. And in doing so, you know you've been receiving perhaps multiple calls. And if you don't receive, if you haven't received a call yet, you need to put up your hand and we must connect with you. Amen? Because it might be that your telephone number's changed or something like that. So, hey, use the church center app. Go on. You can change your own details yourself. It's in your control. Amen? Praise the Lord. Are you guys ready for the word? So let's start with Vision Sunday. You know, the fathers of old or the apostles of old really laid the foundation after Jesus Christ ascended to heaven. And they paid a price to establish the church of God because it was not easy. The early church and the establishment of what we today understand as Christianity was not easy. And in those days, things were far more difficult. But today, family, we can sit in a air-conditioned auditorium. You can sit on nice seats. You can have nice coffee. You can check in. You can do what? It's just a nice, there's nothing really pressurizing you. Amen? I mean, there's not a pot of boiling oil waiting for you, John. Or going to be crucified upside down, Peter. Amen? Okay, it's very quiet now in this church, all right? So praise the Lord, we today have no reason why we cannot serve the vision of the church. And it's not the, the vision that we came up with. It's the vision of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what I'm going to explain to you so that you know how you fit in to the church. It's important for you to see, family. Let me show you this. It says here, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves but when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. You see, if you can't see the promises in the Bible, if you can't see what God wants you to fulfill, your calling, if you can't see it, you're going to just stumble through life and never feel really fulfilled and don't understand why do I feel this way. It's like I'm never, I'm never part of something. I'm just always just floating around. It's because you can't see what God is doing. And hey, where can you see what God is doing? Right here at CFC uh, uh, Church. And if you don't like this church, there's 10 other good churches in the city and we will help you and introduce you to that pastor. Then you go there. Amen? Didn't expect to hear that. 
because it's all about the kingdom. It's not about a church specifically, but about the kingdom. Amen? That doesn't mean to say, well, now every week, Pastor Johnny, I'm going to another church, check it out. No, no. That is, you can't see. You're going to stumble over yourself. Find a church where you belong and get connected in that church. Amen. All right? But when they attend, which is what you guys are doing, and the guys in the other rooms, okay, he reveals it to, and they are most blessed. And all those blessed people say, praise the Lord. Amen. Here is something important that D.L. Moody once said. He said, our greatest fear should not be of failure, but of succeeding at something that really doesn't matter. In the past, the churches have perverted sometimes church and made it something that it's not supposed to be. I'm not saying this church. I'm talking about the church worldwide. Some people would prophesy and know your telephone number. They have perverted the word of God. And you can follow some. That's a greatest. Uh, uh, Mike Murdoch says, my greatest fear is to follow something that's not really true. And so we've got to know, okay, and we've got to succeed at something that really matters. And here at the church that you are part of, or perhaps considering to be part of, we've got to, this is where you can do that. You can live it out. And in the next couple of minutes, I'm going to tell you exactly how you can do that. Because it's important that we know that we must succeed at something that matters. Why? What do we do here at CFC? Well, number one is that lost people are saved. I just told you. Over 2,000 people came here for the first time, gave their hearts to the Lord. Over 3,000 people attended the church, became first time. Let's hear a better um, yeah, for all those first time and people that got saved. So lost people get saved at CFC. We have to worry when nobody gets saved in the church. Amen. Secondly, saved people are then pastored. That's how we can pastor you. And you don't have to carry the name tag of pastor to pastor people. So we encourage you, even your, your group leader can pastor you. Yeah, but Pastor Johnny, I don't have the badge. That says I'm a pastor. You're into titles too much and not into pastoring the people. Yeah, but where's my seat now? Why don't I get a seat because I'm pastoring? Just serve. Amen. Number three. Pastored people then can be trained. Be trained in the things of God, in the word of God, the, 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 um, the, the plans and purposes that God has for you. You can then be trained in that. And then number four, the trained people can be mobilized. You can then be mobilized. So you, gotta, you can't look and say, yeah, pastor, I'm waiting. You guys, you must be mobilized. Come on, go pastors. No, you must be mobilized. You, you've been trained now you need to be mobilized. We were just recently uh, in a trip, and if you're here today, I will spare your name. I won't mention it, but young, on-fire Christian for the Lord. And what I loved is that while we were on this tour, this person was witnessing to every person, okay? He didn't have all the right words to say, but I tell you what, he was trained, and he's now mobilized, and I'm going to preach the word. And the only thing that's important is that Jesus is Lord. No, none of these other gods are important. 
Amen? And that's what we need to do, family. You need to be mobilized so that you can do exactly what you're doing as a church already. But even better, bring people to the, to the church, mobilize them, uh, preach the word of God to them. All right? So Jesus gives us the vision statement for the church. He gives us the vision statement for the church. And here it is. Look what it says here in the book of Isaiah. Already in the Old Testament, through the prophet Isaiah, prophesying to what actually is the vision of the church. He says, and we know Jesus recited this, and he said, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, I have done it. And so this is therefore the vision statement, really, of the church. Look what it says here. It says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me, Jesus, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. You are anointed to preach or proclaim the good news. Amen. You can't say, but Pastor Johnny, I, wasn't, I didn't get a certificate to say I'm ordained. I don't have the badge. You are anointed to preach, proclaim the good news. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. You know, five years ago in this church, we just wanted you to be positive and be successful and then good. And there were many people that were brokenhearted and we didn't know how to deal with that. But today the church has changed, especially for those of you that are new. And so we take, we take note that some of you are brokenhearted. And like the Lord Jesus said, we have to bind up the brokenhearted. If you're going through things, through stuff, maybe it's just a simple thing, and I, please forgive me if I, if I oversimplified, but maybe it's just a matter of your heart is just broken because you're no longer in that relationship. Or perhaps you're brokenhearted over the separation of a family member. Whatever it is, we're going to bind up the brokenhearted here at Christian Family Church. Amen? And, and we're going to proclaim freedom to the captives. So in other words, when somebody is perhaps possessed by a demon, we're going to help you. We're going we're to proclaim freedom to the captives and release from the darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. We are in the, in the year of the Lord's favor. And the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, all who mourn, all who mourn. And provide for those who grieve in Zion and to bestow on them the crown of beauty instead of ashes. Many of us are in the ashes of our lives. Many of you are staying in the ashes of your lives. Because you think this is where I'm supposed to be. Nobody cares. Nobody's concerned about where I find myself. And so all you can see is the ashes of your, uh, of your life. Some people believe because I'm now that person that's divorced. So I am in the ashes of my life. In other words, I'm that person, uh, that divorced guy or the divorced woman. And always I'm referred to uh, in the ashes of my life. Or I'm that person that caused this problem, uh, but have repented. I've asked for forgiveness. God has restored me. I'm always referred to as that person. And so I'm always kept in the ashes of my life. But we say here at Christian Family Church, we're going to bestow beauty instead of ashes. And the oil of joy, the Spirit of God, 
How many of you love the fact that not only do we bring the message, but we also allow the joy of the Lord, of the Spirit of God just to flow in the lives of people through healing, through prayer, whatever it might be. So when you leave here, you feel, I feel different. Amen. And so the oil instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of spirit of despair. We can't come into a place always feeling, how are you doing today? Those are the people that, Jesus, I never should have asked you. So we're going to preach a good message that's going to get you going so you can get, leave here praising. I mean, family, when we close the service, we say, come, let's stand and praise. Some of you think, many of you, ah, that's the exit song. There's no such thing in church like an exit song. It's the praise song to get me ready for my week. Man, I'm going to praise God. Listen, another five minutes is not going to rob you from anything. If that chicken is in the oven, it's burning, it's in any case toast. All right? If all the seeds are taken at Paula or at the waffler, well, whatever. Come tonight. Come second service or whatever the case may be. Amen? So we're going to give a garment of praise. Family, we have to walk in victory. This is the vision. He did not say, stay in your despair. We understand that you're there. Oh, that rhymes. And it goes on to say, here's what you got to do. They will be called oaks. I like that, oaks. Hey, oaks. How's it, oaks? Uh, you'll be, they will be called oaks of righteousness. Those that are in right standing with God. A planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. Do you display the splendor? We as a church must display the splendor of the Lord. They will rebuild. You will. You will. Not the pastors. Not me. You will. You will. Say, I will. Rebuild the ancient ruins. Amen, family. In other words, you will rebuild the people that are perhaps in ashes, that are in ruins. And will, you will restore the places long devastated, the, 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 all the defeats that they've suffered in their lives. You will restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that they have devastated for generations. I've got a generational curse on me. Come to church. We'll pray for you. We'll set you free in Jesus' name. You don't have to live through generational curses. We will restore. Amen. That is the vision from the church. So from this, I see the, the following things. Number one, proclaim the good news. We are all to proclaim the good news. Number two, we are to bind up the brokenhearted. Those that are going through things in life, we don't understand what people are going through for the most part. But when we know, when we connect, when we communicate, when we're talking, when we're discussing, when I know that you are going through things and that you are brokenhearted. We as the church have to help you bind up your broken heart. Amen, family? Number three, we bestow on them beauty instead of ashes. You are no longer that person of old. You are something new. You are something beautiful in Christ. Amen? And that's what we're going to do. Number four, they rebuild others. Once you have been bound up, your, once we bind up the brokenhearted, once we bestow beauty instead of ashes, you are now full. You are now complete. Now you can rebuild other people. Because there's nobody like your witness. You know what? I was in the same place. And this and this and this happened. I know exactly what you're going through. It's not just you. 
Don't think you, 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 you are unique in your circumstances. I know what you're going through. Me too, man. I've been there. Hey, I'm going to help you. I'm going to build you. I'm going to take you on a journey. I'm going to give you some next steps so that you, that we can bind up your brokenheartedness and that we can bestow beauty on your ashes. Amen, family? Because Jesus said we had to do this. Look what it says here in Mark. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel. To all creation, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. You. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. Preached everywhere. They went out. They did not just sit. They went out. Whether it's to your neighbor or phoning somebody, WhatsApping somebody. Simple things, family. You don't have to go to uh, uh, pick and pay on the corner there in Boxburg and shout at cars. All you're doing, you're spitting on cars. That's all you're doing. Because they're not even listening to you. They got their music. The minute they see you there, they turn up the volume. They don't want to hear it. They pretend like they don't see you. Remember? But we go out. We connect with people. One-on-one. One-on-one. And that's how we reach them. And preach everywhere. When you are even on a WhatsApp, how are you doing today? I just want to tell you, Peter, John, Tabu, whatever the case may be, I prayed for you today. And you know, we spoke about that situation. I'm praying for you today so that you will have the strength to go through it today. I want you to know I'm here for you. Simple as that. Preach the gospel everywhere. And pray for them genuinely. Cover them in prayer. And they were, and it was all confirmed by signs that accompanied them. That is what we have to do. So what, what do we conclude from this? Number one, we've got to preach. Number two, We've got a pastor. Not the title. You are all pastors. Come on, let me hear a louder amen. You are all pastors. You might not have the badge. Not, might not have the paper. But you are all pastors. Number three, disciple people. Take them on a journey. Not 50 people. Just one. Find one person in the church. You say, hey man, I'm going to walk a road with you. I'm going to be there for you. Or you don't even have to tell them that. Just be there for them. Because sometimes if you tell them and you don't do it, there's expectation. They know, I want you not there. Just be, let your yes be yes and your no be no. But just take them on a journey. Help them on their journey. How can I help you? How can I make you better? How can I impart to you? And if I don't know, this is the beauty of what we do here at church, okay? That's why you don't have a badge, you know, so you can't, but you're a pastor, you should know. If you don't know, you just say, hey, let me connect you with somebody that does know. They're going to help you take you to the next step. Amen? I mean, for example, right now, we are in the process where we are looking at, um, I'll, I'll talk about it later, okay? Send them. Go and preach the gospel. You don't have to have a title. Again, family, I know I'm harping on this, but I want everybody to understand that you are anointed, you are appointed, okay? Go and preach the gospel. Don't do mukhukheit. Do what we do here. You know what? Everything I do here at church, I follow my spiritual father. I know nothing else. Pray for legs to grow out. It's the anointing upon the ministry. That's why we grow out legs here. Other ministries is grow out ears or so. I don't know what it is, but there's different things. Amen. There's an anointing on here in this church. Amen. And then go and speak to them. So because of that, we developed the following four values 
and four programs to help you understand the vision of the church. Number one, know God. Yes, you get to know God in a service like this. You get to read your Bible. But more than that, family, and that's why I'm so grateful that we've added the, the ministry part to the service. And it's just so amazing and so awesome how many people get, get free. Not only are you to know God mentally, but you must experience God. You must experience God in the service. Amen? You must know God. How do we do that? Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Not everyone. So we are gonna, we got to know God. We've got to connect with God in our hearts. But more so, we've got to experience God. We've got to experience the spirit of God in and through our lives. Look what the Bible says here. On judgment day, many will say, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. And we cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Those are the words that no one wants to hear. But family, you can't just casually know God. You can't just now and then go through the Bible. You can't just, I hope I hit it with that scripture that I quoted there. You've got to know him. You've got to know him through his word. And then more importantly, you've got to experience God. So how do we do this? How do we do this? Watch this. We create weekend in person, on purpose, in person, not online. We create weekend in person worship experiences that both the unchurched and the churched people love to view, engage with, or attend. Amen? That's number one. Number two. Because reaching the lost is the biblical mandate. Jesus had told us, go into all the world and preach the gospel. So we have a biblical mandate. It's not just for some, it's for everyone. So that's why we need to know God so that we can use then our knowledge of the word of God so that we can reach the lost, which is our biblical mandate. Number three, because heaven and hell are realities. If you are not saved, I don't want to be too, I don't want to come down too condemning but if you are not saved family your reality is hell and so therefore we need to be saved except Jesus as Lord and Savior and then our reality is heaven amen so because heaven and hell are realities number four because inviting unchurched people which you guys have done so well over the years to a life-giving in-person service is one of the most effective methods still. We can advertise here, we can do this, we can print one million flyers. The best advertising in the church is still you inviting friends to the church. Amen, family? So we all have to play our part. We've got to know God. We've got to experience God. The second thing then happens, second value is you've got to find freedom. Now, freedom does not mean, and maybe in the South African context, maybe many times when we say you need to be free of that, we have a negative connotation with that. We think there's something wrong with me, so I need to be free of that. But how many of you would agree, and you don't have to put up your hands, you can just nod in agreement and say, mm-hmm, all right? Uh, not too loud, maybe the person is next to you, but the point is this, is that how many of you would agree, there are things in our life that we need to be free of? Mm-hmm. And oh, no, don't do that, don't do that. Okay? 
So, and finding freedom is more than that. It is about free to lead, free to join, because our groups are not about disseminating information. Here's another 500 volumes down the line. People say, ah, can I not just chill and find freedom? Amen. So finding freedom is all about being free to lead, free to serve, free to do. If you in this group and maybe six months later you say, well, I'm now done with this group. I would like to go to the men's group. Then you do that. Or can I join three or four groups at the same time? You can do that too. Amen. But find freedom. We always say it this way is that whatever you're doing outside, bring it into the church and just add ministry. So, for example, I've got a running group, okay? And half of the guys in the running group don't even know they're part of my group because I'm working at them. I'm trying to reach them. Amen? Some of them have come to church. Praise the Lord for that. Amen? But I'm working with them. And I'm talking running, and every now and then, ah, oh, i got the pain, you know, this or that. I can then speak to them. Uh, I, I'm the counselor. I'm the marriage counselor. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And so with this group, I, I'm able to minister to a lot of people without them feeling the pressure the pastor's talking to me. Let's just run and do ministry. Hey, let me help you to find freedom. So I want to encourage you guys to do that, but we'll get to that now. Look at what it says here. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. This is not the Roman Catholic version where you go to confessional and somebody sits on this side and you say, Father, forgive me for it's been five days since my last confession. You know, that's quite quick, I think. But in any case, all right? And so you confess... This is referring to the fact that, ladies, let me pick on you a little bit. Is that okay? Ladies, when they got an issue, they don't wait for the moment. They do it straight away. They get together and they confess their sins to one another. <laughs> and that's a life group. And so you add another person. Yeah, I've got the same problem. My husband is doing the same thing. All right. And now they can do it. You know, we just, we can't complain in that situation, obviously. Amen. All right. We don't bestow ashes. We bestow beauty, right? My husband is the most wonderful man. I don't hear many amens on that one. So <laughs> Pastor Greg, I think they are pretty much into that part of it. Okay. But today, family, you get a third person or fourth person. I mean, here we have Auntie Hilda, 99 years old. All that she's got to watch out is that she doesn't speed in the mall, okay? That's very important with a, with a cart. But she's in a group. She's not there because she needs freedom. She's there because she wants the fellowship. And she says, man, I'm here with these other ladies. And they call the golden, golden ladies, ne? Golden girls, okay? Golden girls. And all they do is you'll see them up there at the waffler. They're having food together. They're fellowshipping. They're sharing the word of God. That's what it's all about, family. Amen? Now, look at this. Because life change and dealing with yesterdays happens in relationships. You solve most of your problems with your friends. If it's really bad, you come to the pastor. Amen? Write that one down. Okay, let's will help you later on. Number two, we create small groups where people can experience community, number one. Find freedom, number two, and take next steps. So sometimes the men's group, the manhood, where's the men out there? 
okay, mm, you're a base. And so uh, we're just there because we want to hang out and talk about stuff. But in the process, we are ministering to one another. Amen. Like right now, for example, to find freedom. Maybe you're going through a, a, a marriage situation right now. Perhaps you want to get married. We, we started the Biblical Foundations for Life. Is that right? We're starting it this week or we have started. You can still join or join us this week. If, to, to, to be married in this church, you need to go on Biblical Foundations of, of Marriage. If you're... Hmm? Principles, that's it. Yeah, okay. Principles of marriage, okay? Or maybe your marriage is on the rocks. You need, you need help with that. You need to find freedom with that. We will help you right now. Or um, some people are still going through. It's a daily thing. It doesn't happen only in January. But people are still mourning ones that they've lost, loved ones. And so they need to go and we provide free of charge here about eight or nine weeks of grief share counseling. And I can attest to it. I, my wife and I went through it. It's one of the greatest courses that you can go on family. And I want to encourage you, if you're still in the morning, if your morning's still two years, you need to go on this course. Morning that long is not healthy. There's a time to mourn, but then it's also a time to laugh. But hey, if you're struggling in that area, then connect with our freedom groups. And our counselors, professional counselors, will help you through this time, take you on through this course. And those counselors are amazing. I can attest to them. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay. Right. Number three. Look at this. Because small groups are the biblical model. They gather together as was their habit in their small groups, coming together, breaking bread, and preaching the doctrine of the apostle. Amen. That's what we had to do. So this is all biblical. Because people need to be known, wanted, and they want to belong. Pastor, uh, 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 everybody wants to be known, wants to feel that they, they belong, they are known, and they are wanted. That's why we have small groups, because some of the things out in this world is just too rough. Amen? So whatever you're doing, I want to encourage you. I always use example. If you love to do whatever it is you're doing, just add ministry to it. It's simple. Just encourage them, give them a scripture, pray for them, give them next steps. Simple as that. No, Pastor, no, no, it's easy. We make it easy for you, all right? Number three, watch this. Discover purpose. 80, 85% of people in the world, and perhaps in this auditorium here today, if you have not done it yet, do not know what their purpose is. Do not know their purpose. And so you need to discover your purpose. Look what the Word says. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Some of you love working with children, not my department. Some of you just love doing that. I watch our campus hosts, how they get out there and they're connecting with people. I love that because it's their passion. Some of you like to operate a computer. Scan. If that's your gift, then do that. Whatever, some of you love to park cars. Some of you like to race, I mean drive on the, uh, the carts. Some of you help people, good morning, hold up a board, a signboard, smile, just be there. I'm just here for you. I'm so grateful to be at church this morning. Whatever is your gift, according to the grace, God has given it. Uh, there's certain things that I can do well and there's certain things that you can do well. Together, we can do this amazingly. You will all discover this when you discover your purpose. Look what it says here, four things. We create an easy, obvious, and effective growth track where people can discover their purpose. Today, after this service, you can go to the growth track, which will start directly after the service. It's free of charge. Step four, you can join today. 
Pastor John is but a step four. Doesn't matter. Every week, week one, step one. Week two, step two. Uh, two. Week three, step three. Week four, step four. Very clever, right? So you don't forget. What week is it? Week three. Ah, step three. Okay, got it. Okay. But you can join today, even though it's step four. You can join the team today. Amen. And then you'll catch up one, two, and three in the next couple of weeks that, that comes around. All right? Very important. We create an easy, obvious, and effective growth track. We track, or you track your growth. How are you going? You give you four steps to grow in the church. And on step one, for example, next week, we'll ask you, become a member. If you like what you see, become a member right here at church where people can discover their purpose. Number two, because every believer has a spiritual gift. You have a gift inside of you that makes you special and unique. Number three, because the main function of ministers is to equip the church to do. The ministers will equip the church to do the work. Family, it's not a matter of, oh, you just, you, you need me more. We can do it ourselves. But it goes so much easier and better when you're part of it. So that you can fulfill your destiny. Number four, because the discovery of purpose produces hope. I don't know about you, but when you have purpose, you have hope. I'm on my way to somewhere, something. This is what I'm doing. Amen. Join the growth track today directly after the service. Number four, make a difference. Make a difference. Come on, be that person that makes a difference. Why? However, I consider my love worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. Not Pastor Everett at Growth Track, not the coordinators at Growth Track. The Lord has given you a task. Serve God, serve in His kingdom by living out that passion. Amen? Look at four things here quickly. Number one. We create an easy, obvious, and effective process where people can serve on the dream team. Become part of the dream. Dream with us. Dream with us. Make it easy for people. Amen? Number two, because people ministering is the biblical model. People ministering is the biblical model. Ah, I've got to go serve again. No, it's the biblical model. Number three, because people need to be needed. Many people feel so fulfilled when they can serve other people. I don't know about you, but when you do a good deed, when you help somebody, put them on their way, even if you just say, let me go and show you where the toilets are. You feel good about that, don't you? Because you feel like you're living out your purpose. And because serving others on the dream team meets the greatest need of the human heart, because you can serve other people. So we say this, Success is when people are moving on the spiritual journey that God has for them. As you grow, as you take next steps, we can see that you're on a spiritual journey. And we see then, for us, you are being successful in the kingdom of God when you're moving on that spiritual journey. Amen? Therefore, let me summarize it. We move people from lost to saved by providing a weekend service where they can know God. Secondly, we move people from saved to pastor by providing a small group where they can find freedom. Free to lead. Number three, we move people from pastor to disciple by providing a growth track where they can discover their purpose. And lastly, we 
move people from disciple to mobilized by providing a dream team where they can make a difference. Amen. Look what it says here in Mark. They came to Bethesda and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. And there he had spit on, his, on the man's eyes and put his hands on him. Jesus asked, do you see anything? I'm asking you this morning, do you see it? Do you see the vision? Or are you still blind? Do you see the vision? And he said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. So in other words, I can't yet see it clearly, but I can see it's like things moving around. One more. Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were open and his sight was restored and he saw everything clearly. That's why here at CFC, three times a year, we will, sorry, twice a year, we will communicate the vision of the church. This is the second time this year that we're doing it so that you can see clearly. Amen, family? Can you see it? Can you see it? Can you see it? If you are here today and you've just been coming to church, slip in, slip out. Perhaps you've been to church and I don't really want to commit to anything because then, you know, they need me more than what I need them. You're wrong. Perhaps you, you have never made that decision that you want to, that you want to be part of what's going on here. Or perhaps you said, well, I don't know whether I can make a difference. You can. Auntie Hilda, 99 years old, racing down the mall. She's making a difference because what a great example to the younger generations. Amen. You can make a difference. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. If you are here today and say, Pastor Johnny, I want to be part of the vision of the church. No one moving around. I want to be part of the vision of the church and what the church does here at CFC. But I've just been slipping in and out and I've never thought the importance of serving or being part of what we're doing here or even going on a growth track and, 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 and growing in God. Then I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And if you say, that is my decision, that's what I would like to do. Okay? No one moving around, please, family. There's no persecution. Nobody's holding a sword over your head. But please respect the moment in the service. Amen. So if that is you, every head bowed, every eye closed, just raise your hands to the Lord. Say, Lord, I just want to, yes, I want to serve better. I want to get involved in what the church does. I want to support the vision of the church. Whatever that might be, quickly raise your hands. One, two, three, quickly raise your hands. This is just an altar call for those that want to get involved in the church. Right? If you're really involved, then obviously you don't have to raise your hands. Say this with me. Everybody, say this with me. Dear Father in heaven, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Father, I make myself available. Use me. Guide me. Lead me. Let me make a difference in the church. I make myself available in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, pastors, come forward. Quickly, pastors, come forward. Quickly, pastors, quickly. Thank you. If you need prayer today, perhaps you have ashes instead of beauty. 
Perhaps you're broken hearted, you need to be bound up. Maybe you need to, to be restored. Whatever it is that you, that you believe in God for, come forward right now and we're going to pray for you. Quickly, come forward, come forward, come forward right now. Come forward. No one move or leave the auditorium other than those that are coming forward. Pastors, we're going to pray. I'm going to ask the pastors to pray for you. While we worship, fam, while we praise God, come to the altar. Come to the altar. Receive help in your time of need. In Jesus' name. Lord, amen. Amen, family. Place where you can find freedom. Demons can be cast out. Healings can take place. Deliverance. Taking next steps. In Jesus' name. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. The most important part of the service is about to happen. If you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, and you've heard the message today, and you would like to make Jesus Lord of your life, then I'm going to ask you in a moment just to raise your hand to indicate to me and the Lord, every head is bowed, every eye is closed, just to indicate to the Lord that you mean business with Him. Or perhaps you hear today say, Pastor Johnny, I, I used to serve God, did so many bad things, and I want to come back and restore my relationship but I feel so condemned. I want you to know it's the devil that is condemning you, not the Lord. You want to make right with God and my answer to you is he's waiting for you, waiting for you to make the first move. Or perhaps you hear today say, Pastor Johnny, I do not have assurance of my salvation. I don't know if I were to die today, whether I would go to heaven or hell. The Bible says that you must know that you have eternal life. And so today, if that is you, at any one of those three invitations, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Are you ready? This is what it's all about. At the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three. Wherever you are. Wherever you are. I see those hands. Thank you. See those hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. See those hands. Thank you. Thank you. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. Wherever you might be, raise your hand. I sense in my heart there are a couple of people that are wrestling with this decision today. You don't want to put up your hand because you think, I'm going to embarrass myself. Perhaps you're here with friends or perhaps you're here with a spouse and you feel it, or maybe even with your kids and you feel if I do that, I might lose my credibility. Friend, I want to say to you today, if you do that, your life will never be the same for the better. You will have far more credibility in Christ Jesus. So for those people that are struggling with this decision, just give up. Just give it to the Lord. Raise your hand right now. Wherever you are, raise your hand. Raise your hand. In the name of Jesus, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wherever you are, wherever you are, in Jesus' name. Now I'm going to ask if you raise your hand, can take it down. A helper will would have laid their hand on your shoulder. They're merely coming there to agree with you in prayer. You can take your hand down. You can keep it up, whatever makes you feel comfortable. And I would like to pray over you right now. You ready? I'm going to ask everybody to say this out and out. Say this with me. Father in heaven, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I come as I am. Lord, cleanse me renew me save me father I receive what Jesus did on the cross for me 
He went to hell in my place, died for me so I can be free. I am saved. And because I'm praying this prayer, I am now a child of God. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Come on, give the Lord a mighty shout of praise. Congratulations. We are so proud of you for making that decision today. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.